0: that you have spoken unto us and God I thank you that I have we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives in us and on the night God you shall be glorified you, you shall be magnified through this word on tonight in Jesus name amen amen hallelujah let's see where God is going on tonight We honor what God is doing through the teaching, dealing with prayer. Um, We have been talking about um, what prayer is, and we know prayer is communication um, with God. It's man talking to God and God talking back to man. So what we have to do when we go into prayer, we have to have an expectancy knowing that God hears us. And if you have an expectancy knowing that God hears you, You know that you have what you have asked him for even before you go to him, and that is so awesome. God is always here. He's always wherever we are to give us everything that we need and when we need it. Tonight, I want to go a little bit further dealing with prayer. We've been talking about how to hear God um, in prayer, and we know one way we can hear him is through the word of God. But one scripture I want to briefly go over that we've been going over for quite a while is proverbs 420 through 22 where that verse of scripture said my son pay attention to my words incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart for their life unto all those that find them and their health their medicine to all flesh if we take that scripture every day And the Holy Spirit remind us to pay attention. That means we got to incline our ears. To pay attention means you incline in your ear to hear what God has to say. Your focus is on what he's saying unto you. And the more you focus on what he's saying unto you, the more peace you can get from God, the more peace you will have even in the midst of your situation because you know that God is going to answer you. He said, if you call on me. I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And we just have such an awesome God that's ready to show us what needs to be shown. But we have to give him that time. So how does God speak to us? We said it is through the word of God. When we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. It said, all scripture is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God is God breathe and is useful for teaching, for showing people what is wrong in their lives, rebuking, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right, training in righteousness. So when we're um when God is speaking to us, he'll speak to us through his word. This is why it's so important that we pay attention to his word. We pay attention when we're in the Bible, reading the Bible. We're not just reading the Bible We want to open up our hearts and ask God, God, what are you saying to me? God, what do you want to say to me today? You have to have your heart open and prepared. You got to have your heart ready to hear what God has to say. Just like we come in here on Tuesdays, we come on Sundays, your heart's supposed to be prepared. It's supposed to be made ready to say, God, if there's a word that you need to speak to me through the word of God, quicken me according to that word. God, I don't care how many times I hear the word of God, you always speaking to me through the word. So, God, I'm open, I'm receptive, here I am now, God. If you're talking about in the beginning, God, you created, God is still something there that you want me to know, and that's you speaking to me. This is why when um, someone is speaking the word of God, you got to look at the words that they're speaking. It's God speaking himself to you. So I said last time, if I'm speaking um, the word of God and all of a sudden Renee will say, did she call my name? Is she talking about me? That's the Lord speaking to Renee. That's the Lord that he has pricked her heart. He's letting her know, pay attention. I'm speaking to you. So that's why we can't hold a fence when the word of God goes forth because When your heart is open, when God knows what you need, you have to grab hold to that word just like Samuel did. He didn't know the voice of God. But when he laid back down after Eli told him to lay down, he laid down and he said when he speaks again, say, yes, Lord, your servant hears. We should be ready at all times to say, yes, Lord, your servant hear you. God, I'm, I'm hearing you. God, speak to me. Speak what you want to speak to my heart. God, I'm ready to hear. And that's when we be still and know that he's God. In that being still, we know he's God. Why? Because we're waiting on him. We're patiently waiting on him, knowing, God, you're God. So I'm going to be still because I know that you're God, and I know that you have my answer. So I'm going to wait on you, and I'm going to be of a good courage. So we know it's through the word of God. And then it goes on to say, so that the person who serves God will be capable having all that is needed to do every good work. So we need the word of God in order to hear from God. God, he is the word. So we can't live without the word. And that's what the enemy want us to do. He, he does not want us to go into the word of God. He tries to do everything he can to keep us from coming together, fellowship, and just like when COVID when broke out. What did they do? Shut down the churches. Why? He don't want the word of God to go forth. So they trying to keep, the enemy was trying to keep the people of God from coming together, congregating, having that fellowship, assembling together. Why? Because he knew that it's going to quicken us. It's going to bring life to us. It's going to encourage us. It's going to help us to know that we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. And then we can say unto the lord that he is our refuge he is our fortress he is our strength he is our present help in the time of trouble so that's why we have to stay in the word we have to stay before the word because god speaks through his word go with me to first kings chapter 19 and i believe all of us are very familiar with this chapter y'all know it's dealing with um Elijah and we know Elijah was a prophet of God and God used Elijah he used him so much that the enemy was mad when we look at first Kings 19 it says and Ahab not Jezebel and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword look at how the word got back to Jezebel y'all know Jezebel she was a Jezebel. She was controlling, she was controlling Ahab. So he went back to his wife and he told her what was going on. How many know that when the Lord gives you a word or when you do something on the behalf of God and God is getting the glory, how many know that the enemy's going to come at you? He's going to come at you because he wants to shut you down. So why are we so alarmed when God used us and something happened, maybe to us or to our children? Or, you know, things around us. That's when we should rejoice because we know, okay, devil, you're mad. So Jezebel was mad, and it says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, this is the same Elijah, a prophet, one that was a mouthpiece for God, that was bringing the word of God to the people. This was the same Elijah that said there was not going to be any rain. Now, immediately when Jezebel told him what she was going to do to him and reminded him the same thing that happened to those prophets is going to happen to you, he heard Words have power. The enemy used words to shut you down. Elijah received those words. He saw exactly what Jezebel was saying and he ran for his life. Isn't that something? See, fear came in and he ran and he left his servant. So what did Elijah do? There had to be so much fear there, so much anxiety, all of this there upon Elijah because it said he went in the wilderness but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under, the, under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. Now look at this. This prophet, I don't care what position you hold in, in the church. I don't care how well you're doing in that position. The enemy will come. But we have to know how to deal with the enemy when he comes. Elijah went in the wilderness. You know, sometimes we get in our own little wilderness. Sometimes we feel like giving up. Sometimes we're saying, God, what's the point? Just let me die. God, I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of seeing my family. I'm tired of seeing my children. I'm tired of seeing things around me look the same. It look like it's not going to change. Just leave me alone. Just let me die. This is how Elijah felt. But we have such a loving God. That when God put something in your hands, God knows he's not going to put no more on you than you can bear. God know what we can bear. He know when that need to be over with. He know when it's going to start and when it's going to end. So what he did when Elijah was, now Elijah was still talking to God. See, this is prayer. See, when, when you're really complaining, when you're mumbling, when you go to God, you're still talking to God. But God don't want to hear that foolishness. So this is what he um, began to talk to Elijah about. And as he laid and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Look at God. God's still taking care of Elijah. He's still taking care of him, even in the midst of him saying, Leave me alone. Let me die. How many of us have been in situations where we want to throw in the towel? I know I have. You know, sometimes you just feel like, Well, God, I'm just tired. God, look like things are not changing. Look like the more you do, the less you have done. Look like the more you do, the less you appreciate it. Come on. I believe all of us have had a wilderness experience where we just want to give up. Just leave me alone. I'll be all right. Leave me alone. I don't have to do that no more. But God end up sending him an angel. And it says, and he looked. And behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a curse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. So God began to bring him food for him to eat. Now this is, to me, a supernatural food. I call this the word of God, the word of life. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Not only did the angel give it to him the first time, but he came the second time. How many of us, when we are in despair... When we're going through, we'll lay there again. We'll talk to the Lord and we'll lay right back down again. Seem like we're getting a refresher. And then we just lay there again. But then God came in again. And he told him, he said, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat. Because the journey is too great for thee. See, God had a work for Elijah to do. And this is what God had told him. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights until Horeb, the the mount of God. So look what happened here. Elijah, he needed to be built back up. This is telling me it wasn't man that done it. It was God that did it. See, Elijah was in a place with God and some of us, Right now can be in a place with God that we ain't looking to man. We're looking to God because we know that man can't do it. See, what God gave him, he gave him some spiritual food. And see, that's what we need. The word is what's going to quicken you. The Word is what's going to bring you back to life again because you're a spiritual being. This is why we have to eat the Word. That, that Word, the Word is our spiritual food. As we eat the Word, we begin to feel the life of God come through our body. See, your spirit... Your three-part being spirit, soul, and body. So your spirit is the real you. Your spirit have everything you need, all the nourishment you need. He said, I am the vine, you are the branch. Without me, you can do nothing. So we have to get our nourishment through our spirit. When our mind gets renewed according to the word of God, we're pulling off of the spirit of God that's in us, and then it flows through our body, and our body is quickened. This is why the word of God says that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And that same spirit will quicken, will make alive our mortal body. If you never renew your mind and know what you have, you have power already in you. But if you don't renew your mind, you're walking around like you don't have anything. This is what Elijah was living off of. He was living off of spiritual food. It was coming from heaven. This is why the word of God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. The word of God said, we can do all things through Christ with strength in us. It is not our strength that's going to do it. It's his. So this is why we have to lean and depend and have confidence in him and say, God, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God, I can't do nothing without you. If you ever think that you can do something without God, you're in the flesh. And this is why we have to tone out the flesh. We have to crucify the flesh and say the flesh profit me nothing. The spirit quickens. The flesh profit me nothing. The words that is being spoken unto me, they are spirit and they are life. So I'm going to pay attention to those words. I'm going to incline my ear into those sayings. I'm going to let them stay before my eyes, letting them not depart from my eyes. I'm going to keep them in the midst of my heart. And by me doing so, they're going to bring life to my flesh and health to my body look at God but if we never go in the word I don't care how long you've been saved. if you don't feed off of some spiritual food when hard times come we're gonna feel like we are that we have nothing and we're nothing but that's when the Holy Spirit he will kick in and he will show us what we have from the Lord if you don't put in you're not gonna get out just like if you go to the bank, if you don't make no deposit, why are you showing up at the bank for a withdrawal? Why are you telling them somebody took my money? How can they take something that was never there? So this is why we have to stay in the word of God. So we see what um, God told Elijah to do. Now, y'all, that was 40 days and 40 nights off of that. Come on now, that was something, wasn't it? So look at what happens next. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said unto him, what does thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. Now look at Elijah. Elijah was telling God, I'm the only one left. They're seeking my life to take it away. He's saying, this is what the people done. So what is he having? A pity party, right? He's, he's, he's being selfish. He's only thinking about himself. He's taking his mind off of, you know, what God would have for him to do. How many of us do that? We do that when, when things happen in our family, when things are happening around us. You know, we're ready to give up what God has given us. We're ready. I just let this go. This right here would um, happen for me. No, that's not what God wants us to do. So God told him, he said, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a small, still voice. Now, the reason why I'm putting this in here concerning Elijah is because Elijah went through. He went through some things, but even with him going through, he was still having a conversation with God. God was still speaking to him. I'm telling you, even when you're in a situation and you feel like it's not gonna work out, God is still speaking, but you got to be ready to hear. You got to be ready to listen. You got to be ready to incline your ears because God is always speaking. So God was steady speaking to Elijah. This is what prayer is it's communication between you and and God but as you communicating with him you should expect him to communicate back with you how would you feel if we're having a conversation and you're talking to me and I'm not answering you you feel disrespected you feel like I don't want to talk with you God want to talk with us you know that's why it says The sheep know his voice. How does the sheep know his voice? Because when the sheep spend time with the shepherd, he called them out by name. That's a personal relationship. So the more time we spend with God, the more we're going to get to know his voice. When you spend time with your husband, when you spend time with your wife, you get to know their voice. And even when they try to trick you and try to make you think it's somebody else, they know you so well. They'll say, quit playing. I know that's you. Because you, you spend so much time together or when the spouse is, um, the wife is down, the husband knows what's going on with you. Something's not right with you. Because he know you and you know him. Because that's the relationship. That's a connection. That's fellowship that you have together. So Elijah, he spent enough time with God to know his voice. To know when God was speaking. So he told him what to do. But what God was doing with Elijah. See, Elijah was used to those spectacular things that was coming from God. God was showing him. He said, okay, you looking at the wind. I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the fire. But it was a small, still voice. And when Elijah heard the stillness, that's why the Bible said, be still. And know that I'm God. In that stillness, you knowing he is God. So when we be still and just waiting on him to hear him, we can be still when we know he's God. That's just point blank. When you really know God and have uh, relationship with him and you fellowshipping with him. You don't have to be all over the place. You don't have to be acting crazy. You don't have to be walking the floor. You can just, just be still because he's God. Why, why should I have to, what, what can I do about this? God ain't spoke. God ain't told me what to do. Why am I all over the place? See, the devil want us to be all over the place so we can't hear God. But when Elijah heard that voice, a quietness, that's when God really moved. When there's a quiet, see, God is so gentle, y'all. He's so loving. He wanted Elijah to know, I'm coming in a quietness now. I'm not coming to break everything up and tear it up. I'm coming quietly. So Elijah put the mantle over him. To hear what God had to say. And God began to speak. So listen at what he said. And when it was so. When Elijah heard it. That he wrapped his face in his mantle. And went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold there came a voice unto him and said. What dost thou hear Elijah? And he said I have been very jealous. Look he's telling the same thing right? Let's go to 15. 15, 16 and 17. Um, God is speaking to Elijah and he's telling him, okay, get back on your post. This is what I have you to do. After Elijah told him the same thing he said before, God didn't fall into that. Only thing he told Elijah, first thing he told him was his assignment. I want you to anoint this one, I want you to anoint this one, and I want you to anoint this one. And then he told Elijah, he said, and 18, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. So look at God. God told him the assignment, I want you to anoint these people. Then he told him, it's more than just you. God answered him. Sometimes we can go through some difficult situations and we feel like God is not answering us. But I don't know about you. Even in different, difficult situations, I feel a peace. You feel that peace. You feel that calmness. Even though the enemy be trying to talk and trying to put things in your ear, there's still a peace there. And you're saying, God, I know you're working this. God, I know you already worked it out. So why am I trying to figure it out? What can I do but be still and know that you're God? So we see in Elijah's situation... What was he doing? He was communing with God. He was having communication with God. Y'all, prayer is so important. This is how we reach heaven and bring heaven down here to earth. We have to commune with God. We have to stay in touch with him to know what God wants to do concerning this situation. Me and Evangelist um, Newton was talking the other day, and we were talking about, and I was telling her, I said, Every day that God has made, he already know what's going to happen in that day. So I try not to go into tomorrow because the Bible tells you don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own troubles. I say, so I ask God. I say, God, you already know about this day. You know what's going to happen in this day from the beginning to the end. So, Father, help me to be in this day. Show me what you would have for me to do in this day. And help me so I won't go into tomorrow. And let me tell you what the Lord had given me. Go to Psalms 143. Psalms 143. Nobody can't tell me God is not talking if you're willing to listen. Psalms 143. I love this verse. It says, 43, 8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. Every morning, I try to pray this every morning. Because I want to walk the way he want me to walk. I want to live in that day the way he want me to live. I can't do it of myself. So I have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. I have him um, helping me. Because so, I know God is watching over his word to perform it. So we have to stay before God in prayer. When we wake up in the morning, we should be talking to God. Throughout the day, we should be talking to God. When we lay down, we should be talking to God. Why? Because when we do that throughout the day, we can lay down in peace. Go with me to Proverbs. I'm just going to feed you as the Holy Spirit is feeding me. Proverbs 133. Listen at this one. But whoso hearken unto me... Shall dwell safe, safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Isn't that something? Whosoever hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Come on, when we keep our hands in God's hands, we're in a safe place. We don't have to worry about fear when it comes because we're in a safe place. What is that safe place? We're dwelling in the secret place of the Almighty. Up under the shadow of the Almighty. When we're in this word and the word is in us, when change come in the world, come on, we're going to be like the ones that were, um, Egypt was going through, but God had them in Goshen. Goshen wasn't going through what Egypt was going through. Why? Because God's people was in Goshen. So that's the reason why we have to stay in the word of God and in the will of God. Now you can be in the word and don't be in his will. Because you got to hear it and do it. You can't just hear the word and not do it because if you don't do it, it's like it's not heard. And so many people say, I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying and nothing ain't happened. That's because you ain't believing that nothing has happened. It has already happened. You only go into God because you know that his word is true. And you're presenting his word to him, knowing that you already have the petition that you have asked of him. That's your confidence because you're presenting his word. So we have to stay before the word. So we know that we hear God through the word. So we have to be in the word, not just once a week either. Y'all, I don't want nothing stale. I want some fresh. I want some fresh food. People that don't get into the word of God, they'll keep repeating the same thing all over again. But even when you repeat it all over again, it should be some more revelation to it. Because the more you get into the word, I don't care if it's one verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. I may say that on Monday. But then if I repeat it and I'm meditating it on it all through the week, y'all going to know he's my shepherd. Y'all going to know that I'm not lacking, I'm not wanting any. I'm not lacking any good thing. Why? Because I am the righteousness of God. So y'all going to see that fruit in my life. Y'all going to see these things on me because I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart, leaning not to my own understanding, but acknowledging him in all my ways. And guess what? He's directing my path. So y'all going to see him as my shepherd. So we don't continually quote something and people don't see the manifestation from what you quote you can quote all day long and can live like a beggar. But if you're quoting a scripture and it's getting into your heart, that scripture is going to come alive. It's going to begin to quicken. It's going to begin to bring life to you, even though it looked like the bills are piling up. Guess what? The Lord still is my shepherd. I shall not like, I shall not want. He's still who he say he is, though I have all of these bills. I thank God that he's already supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory. By who? By Christ Jesus. So even though the bills are there, in the natural, I'm looking at the bills have already been taken care of. Why? Because I'm honoring God with my first fruits of my increase. I'm doing what the word of God tells me to do. And as long as I do what God tells me to do, he's going to continually be my shepherd and I shall not want. So if you honor God, God honors you. That's how that works. So then another way that we can hear God is through visions. Go with me to Acts 10, verse 1 through 8. Acts 10, verse 1 through 8. And a vision is where your eyes are open and you're seeing in the spirit, but it's happening naturally. That's what a vision is. Your eyes is wide open. When you look at the book of Acts, chapter 10, 1 through 8, this is Cornelius. And it says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a Satyrian of the band called the Italian band, a devoted man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Look at this. This man stayed in prayer with God. And I believe through him staying in prayer with God, he didn't have a problem giving alms. And it said he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Guess what Cornelius was doing? He was in prayer. And it said, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up. For a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodged with me. he's he lodged with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. And when the angel and when the angel which spoke to Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devoted soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Through prayer, God had Cornelius see a vision. This vision that he saw, the angel was talking to him. And the angel was letting him know that his prayers and his alms had come before God. And then he was telling him about Peter. Now, when God is speaking to you and he's telling you um, about certain people, he's going to tell you what's happening then. That's a word of knowledge, actually. That's something that's presently happened. That's why we need the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the spirits, with the evidence of speaking in tongue, the Spirit. So as he told him this, he broke it down. He told him where Peter was, gave the location. He gave Peter's name. He gave all that to Cornelius. Now, this was a vision. Remember I say a vision. I can be looking right now, and I can see an angel open. That's an open vision. I'm seeing that angel openly. And as I see that angel, if God is presenting something through that angel to me, that's supernaturally. I'm seeing it in the spirit realm, but my eyes are open. And guess what? All of my senses are aware. That's an open vision. All your senses are aware. So let's look um, further down at a trance. I want to talk about a trance. That was an open vision. Now we're going to talk about Peter in verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Y'all, there must be something about prayer. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Now, this is what a trance is. A trance is where you lose all um, your natural, uh, your five senses. Everything there is just shut off. You're in a trance, and you're seeing um, in the spirit. You know, naturally, you're not there. It's just like you're just looking, but you're not there. God is opening up heaven unto you and allowing you to see what he would have for you to see. That's a trance. And it said, and he saw heaven open. Lord knows you got to be in a trance for that. (laughs) And he saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet, knitted at the four corners and let down to the earth. Y'all know what he was um, doing here with Peter. You can read that later. But then, um, in verse 15, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessels received up again into heaven. Now look at this. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius, had made inquiry for Simon's house. So they come in, the Spirit told Peter, while he was thinking on this vision, thinking on what had happened, that the Spirit told Peter to go with these men. So we know that Peter went with those men. Cornelius began to tell him, as he was in prayer, as he was fasting, he saw a vision. So I want you to know that God can speak through an open vision. God can speak through a trance. Some of us may have have had open visions where God allow us to see in the spirit, but our eyes are um, wide open and we're conscious. A trance, you're not conscious. Your eyes are open, but everything around you, you're not aware of it no more. That's a trance. That means you are deep in a trance. Nothing around you matters. But with the open vision, you're conscious. So I remember, this is so funny, Sister Denise she had called me one day, and she was screaming. She was just hollering. She said, Apostle, pasa!" She ran out the house. She was in prayer with God, and she saw an angel. And when she saw the angel, she took off. That was so, it was so funny because I was telling her. I'm like, Sister Nice, that's awesome. I was scared, Pastor, I was scared. I was scared because it was something new to her that she didn't know about. The funny thing was her husband called me. Brother Willie called me. He said, Apostle. He said, did my wife call you? I said, yeah, she called me Willie. He said, did she tell you what she saw in the house? I said, yeah, she told me Willie. He said, do you think I need to go home? <laughs> I laughed so hard. I said, yeah, you need to go home. <laughs> so that was an open vision that she had. God was allowing her to see something. And I have told y'all um, about how God have allowed me to see things. I know I was a, a wide awake. This was a trance, though. I was awake, but it was like I couldn't move, and I wasn't aware of what was going on around me, but I was seeing in the in the spirit of being attacked. I was seeing it in the spirit, and God had opened it all up, but I couldn't do nothing until everything was over with, and then God let me know how somebody was trying to put witchcraft on me. So this is things that God will show you. He will speak to you through an open vision. He will speak to you through a trance. So be aware of these things. Don't be afraid because everything that God does is good. And when he does it, he does it to show you what's going on around you because the more you stay in prayer, I'm going to tell you to take you from glory to glory to glory. And the higher you get, the more demons you're going to end up battling with. The more warfare you're going to end up having. That's why some people say, "I I don't bother to pray. I may say, now I lay me down to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> but that's it, but when you commune with God, and the enemy know, the more you communing with God, he say, I got to mess that up, because the more they commune with God, they're going to tap into what I'm trying to do, and I don't want them to tap in what I'm trying to do, so I'm going to bring all kind of distractions, I'm going to bring everything to them to keep them out of the word, to keep them from being focused on me, I'm even going to stir up their mate, I'm going to have their mates starting stuff they shouldn't be starting. I'm going to have their kids bothering them and telling them this is what the enemy does. Because the more you get into prayer and the more you seek God, things around you begin to open up and they begin to change. Come on, you begin to have more warfare. You begin to see things that you never saw before. That's why some people back off of prayer. When they get to a certain um, level in prayer, they back off because they're saying, I'm not ready for that. Lord, why did you show me that? I don't want to see that. But see, God shows us these things for reasons. He shows us things to protect us. I remember in our room one night, I had hung up my suit for the next day for work. And as I look, my eyes are wide open. As I look, I saw a black mist go into my suit, and the suit is doing this back and forth. And I was like, okay. Maybe I didn't see that. So you know how you just turn your head like you ain't seen see nothing? And I turned my head back, and I'm seeing it again. I said, Lord Jesus, what in the world is that? So I hit my husband. I said, you see that? He said, no. And then the, then the Lord told me the next morning, he said, I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over all your clothes. Just because you go in the mall <laughs> and you get getting new clothes, that, they're not new. You know people don't walk the dog in them clothes. Don't try them on, don't put them back in the wrap, on the wrap. You don't know who trying on them shoes. You don't know who cl- trying on those clothes. That's why I plead the blood of Jesus over my clothes. I don't care if you send them to the cleaners. That still don't mean they're fresh. We don't know the designers that's making the clothes. So that's why when the spirit prompt you and tell you, pray over your clothing. So that's when I started praying over my clothing. I said, Lord, I thank you because I never thought about that. I buy it. I'm thinking it's new, it's fresh. Hey, I can wear that. But you need to, that's why you need to commune with God, have communication with him so you know what you're putting on. Because when you bring things in your house, you can bring spirits in your house unaware. But when you stay in prayer, the Lord will let you know what's in your house that's keeping your house from having the peace that your house needs. And it was another night, I remember I had looked in my mirror, and I saw this big snake head coming through the mirror at me. I said, Jesus, and it went back. See, the Lord will open your eyes, and he'll allow you to see in the spirit. He'll allow you to see supernaturally. I remember um, my son had over some cousins that spent the night with him, and I was up studying um, one night, and the cousins had left. And as I was studying, I saw something fly by my room. I said, what in the world is that? In the name of Jesus, you ain't staying up in here. You got to get up and go. Get up and get out of my house. See, the Lord will let you know what people leave behind. This is why your house need to be cleansed at times. And people say, what you talking about? I cleaned my house with Lysol, Pine Sol, disinfectant, uh-uh. You got to clean it with the blood of Jesus. You got to let that devil know, oh, no, you're not resting in here. You're not bringing no disturbance in my house. There was one person's house that I had went into. When I went in that house, I could feel depression in that house. So after I left that house, I had talked to this um, gentleman, and I said, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how do you feel um, when you go home? They said, I just feel down and out. I just feel so depressed I said because depression is in your house I said, is your wife going through depression yeah when you got a mate that lay around or you got a mate that have fears of different things you opening up a supernatural world of evil and that rests in your house and you're wrestling with that so this is why you have to commune with God and say God what is what's in this house I'm not getting the rest, the peace that I need. What's in this house? It can affect your children. it affects affect your animals, because you know your animals can see that stuff. Even children can see things in your house. I remember when my daughter was little, and I would stay up and prepare my messages for uh, Sunday or Tuesday, and i will be up late at night, and my daughter would be right there beside me. So the Lord told me, he said, there's an angel. In this room behind you. And I'm like, oh, an angel behind me. I didn't say nothing to my daughter. He was speaking this to me. I was hearing the Lord and I didn't speak it openly. He said, ask your daughter where that angel is. So I looked at my daughter and I said, Dude, is somebody um, in this room with us? She said, yeah. I said, where are they? Behind you. So the Lord was letting me know, I got my angels around you. Then it was one um, time we had this uh, janitor at the church and he was telling me of the things that he was seeing in the church. And he said, I will see it over there in that corner over there where my husband is. I said, really? So I had to go pick my daughter up from school over there. So I said, you know what? God has opened her eyes and allowed her to see different things. So I didn't tell her what he had told me. So soon as we walked in this church, I asked her. I said, do you see anyone else in here besides us? She said, yeah. I said, where do you at? She said, over there in that corner. God would open your eyes. He will allow you to see what needs to be known. This is why we have to stay in the word. We have to hear what God is saying. And when we hear what he's saying, we will know what to do in every given situation. I'm telling you, get in prayer. Get in communication with God. Hear what God has to say to you for every day. Get up early. Say, God, I'm here to seek you early because I know you can be found. God, I don't know what my day is going to be about, but you already know what this day is going to be about. So, Lord, prepare me in this day. Some of us are so anxious to get to work, do what we need to do. We'll just skim through the scripture and we out. How do you expect God to talk to you? How do you expect to hear God the way you need to hear God if you don't sit still and say, God, here am I? Sometimes get up five minutes early. Take that five minutes and just sit there and say, God, I'm here. Speak to me however you want to speak to me. If it's through my devotion this morning, speak, Lord. Here am I. I'm going to wait these five minutes on you, God. And the more you do that, before you know it, you're getting up an hour ahead of time and say, God, here am I. And it's well worth it. And I'll tell you what else, and I'm going to stop there, but I'm just giving you some examples I'm going to tell you what else prayer would do. This office right over here, I used to be in this office, and each time I would come to the church, I would get my talit, and I would sit there in the office, and I would just pray, or I would just get in my word and, you know, just talk to God with my talit wrapped around me, and I would fold it back up, and I kept it in this box, and I would put it in my office. So the secretary came in one day, and her and the janitor was talking, and she said, Harold was telling her, he said, she said, what's this box? And he said, I wouldn't open that if I was you. She said, but what's in this box? He said, that's Pastor's lead. I wouldn't mess with that if I was you. She said, oh, so she opened it up and fell backwards. The power of God was resonating on that Talit. That's what I would wrap up in every day. So she was just in awe. So we had another gentleman to come in the church. And she was telling him about the talit. You know, when something happened like that, you want to share it with somebody. And he, ah, I ain't, ain't nothing going on with that talit. She said, touch it then. He touched it and he started sweating all over. See, God was proving himself. Then another lady come up in here and they telling him about the talit. This ain't me. This is just God. This is God doing the work. So the other lady come up in here and she was standing right there. When she got hold to the talit, she went all the way to the back door. You remember that, honey? Fell against the door. It threw against it. So let me tell you something. Spend time with God. Get to know him for you. And I'm pretty sure to all of us, the majority of us probably had some experiences in prayer and spending time with God. The more you spend time with God, the more you're going to stir up some demons. The more the devil is going to get mad and he's going to use... Whomever want to be used to come in to attack you, to stop you from getting in your word, to stop you from hearing what God has to say to you. So we are going to continue to go over prayer because the church, the churches need this now. Some people don't even know how to pray. Just talk to God. Let God talk to you and I guarantee you whatever is going on in your life, God will tell you what to do with that situation, and sometimes God just won't say nothing. That's when you say, okay, there's nothing that needs to be done. I'm just going to be still, God, and know that you're God, because you are a God, you're King of kings, you're Lord of lords, you're the Prince of Peace. God, you're the bread of life. God, you're everything that I need for you to be. So, God, I'm thanking you in advance that it's already done. Amen? So we give God glory for this teaching on tonight. Is there anyone that has some announcements tonight? Anything that need to be announced on tonight?